We turn now to Philippians 4, 8, and 9, and let's read it, then I'll tell you what we're going to focus on in this session. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. So, Father, as we focus on what we should think and what we should practice, I pray that you would show us the kinds of connections there are with the peace of God and the God of peace and that our thinking and that our acting would both reflect our enjoyment of the peace of God and the presence of the God of peace. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So the first question I start with here is, what's the connection between this and what went just before? So let's go back and remind ourselves. Verses 4 to 7. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand, or let your gentleness be known to everyone. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So, if we pray to God, ask Him for what we need, feel deeply and humbly thankful for everything He's given us, look away from ourselves to His all-providing, merciful care, then this anxiety, these anxious thoughts and anxious feelings will go away, and our hearts and minds will be guarded from these anxious feelings and these anxious thoughts because the peace of God will be ruling and we said that this is like Paul's contentment in 4.11 to 13 where he says, I've learned in every situation I am to be content. I know how to be abased, and I know how to abound. And so anxiety goes away because God has taught him to enjoy contentment in Christ, in the all-providing Christ. I can do all things through him who strengthens me, and hence I am content. That is, I enjoy the peace of God. Now, when you come to the end of this, then, you're left with the question, well... If the mind and the heart are guarded from anxious thoughts, is there any proper function for the mind now that we are basking in the peace of God? Or does the mind become inactive? Because it says that the peace of God surpasses all Understanding, that is, what the mind can do 
is inadequate to produce this peace. This peace goes beyond what the mind can do, beyond human understanding, and comes over a person with a kind of miracle effect that cannot be conjured up by the use of the understanding or the use of the mind. So we're left with this question, which is, I think, going to connect it to the next phrase. All right, Paul, you've told us that the heart and mind are guarded from uh, a certain kind of anxious thought and feeling. What, what does it do, and how does that relate to the peace of God? And so we go now, and he says, for what's left, brothers, this is a, in regard to what remains, one way to translate that word finally, brothers, here's what I want you to think about. And here's what I want you to practice. Next time we're going to look at this list and this list and talk about what is it we're supposed to practice? What is it we're supposed to think about? But all I want to do in this session is show the link between this thinking and this doing and the peace of God that we have according to Verse 7 here, the peace of God, which passes all mental capacities to produce it, guards your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Does it guard them in such a way that they're just left empty? No. The peace of God results in a certain kind of thinking. And the peace of God results in a certain kind of practicing. So I think when... It says that the effect of this thinking and this practicing will be the God of peace, not the peace of God, but the God of peace will be with you. I don't think that means here in 4-7, the God of peace wasn't with you. Like, he sent his peace, but he stays far away. No, if you have the peace of God reigning in your hearts through faith, you have God, the God of peace, reigning in your hearts through faith. So what this is saying is not that he shows up after you do this kind of thinking and you do this kind of practicing. Rather, I think he's saying the peace of God, when it reigns and guards a mind and a heart, produces a certain kind of thinking that accords with the peace of God and a certain kind of doing that accords with the peace of God so that if you are thinking in the peace of God and practicing acting in the peace of God, then the God of peace is with you. In other words, if you were to squander the peace of God by doing something with your mind that doesn't accord with God's peace, that's the opposite of all this? If you were to use your mind to think on what is not true and not honorable and not just and not pure, and if you were to practice things that you didn't learn from the Apostle Paul, didn't receive, hadn't heard, hadn't seen, then the God of peace would not be with you because you would be squandering and throwing away the peace of God so we enjoy the God of peace while we act and while we think in ways that accord with the peace of God. So maybe a good way to say it would be when you're thinking and doing, thinking and doing, 
reflect the peace of God, accord with the peace of God, flow from and are conformed to the peace of God, then the God of peace is with you. Now, next time we tackle this list and maybe this list, but we'll see. It may take three sessions.